2: perfect home sweet home the Dave Damaschek football program available on iTunes and at davedamaschek.nfl.com now here's your host
3: Dave Damaschek
4: Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 129 of the Dave Damashek Football Program. Available, as always, on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Shek S-H-E-K. We are back in the nerve center on the West Coast for the NFL in Culver City, California. We've returned from a glorious week in New Orleans. I achieved my goal. I am happy to announce... Super Bowl forty-seven. in honor of that, I gained 47 pounds. I gained every ounce of it, and I'm proud to say I did. Now the hard work begins of shedding it before next season. We have lots of time because we're just about as far away from the start of the next football season as we could possibly get. Let's break down what we just saw, though, in NOLA, in the Superdome, and outside in what was a glorious, glorious week With my main man, as always, from NFL.com. He was on the NFL.com live program, which I think is still available. We interviewed a bevy of superstars from football and beyond on there. You can look at that at NFL.com. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Sure, sure. Also want to
2: say that you can probably check out a lot of this stuff that I did on NFL.com slash Fan Pass. Yes. Which is something that we'll probably be doing at other events in the future, too. So if you can give that a check as well. Just to see what you and I were doing, running around, running into all those sorts of people. You, however, when you said you you, you gained the weight that you uh-huh. wanted to gain. Yes. I if you guys have followed me at all you guys know that every Friday I meticulously weigh myself in to see how I've been progressing over the last 52 weeks doing pretty good so I didn't do it on Monday was too afraid to but Friday because I was so be- I actually lost weight in New Orleans you lost weight there. I'll tell but you what. That, I would what, hide no, that. I'd be
4: but, a, humiliated. But to I'm admit saying,
2: that. I'm saying the weekend might have pushed me back the other way. That if I would have uh, weighed in on Monday, it might have been a little bit different. But Friday, given the circumstance, because Thursday was a huge long day for me, and I barely ate, then I'm like, oh, God.
4: all right. Your weight loss is number two hundred and thirty three on the list of things <sighs> we need to talk about here. It's, it's you know what? I've weighed in on it on your weight. I think it's better for the show. I think <laughs> you look better when you're a fat man. I'd like you to gain it back, asap. All right, we're going to talk about the big game, though, Super Bowl 47. We've got to figure out where it ranks. Also, we got to figure out Hall of Fame talk, too. That's sort oh, yeah. of as usual. That happens on Saturday night, and we really didn't break that down very much, uh, of course, because uh, the big game got in the way of that, but I want to talk about that a little bit. Let's yap about all of it. Another man. Who was uh, with us in NOLA throughout the week, from all the way across the Atlantic Ocean? The Dolphins' big fan—it's Handsome, Handsome,
3: Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's
5: handsome, man. He's handsome, man. He's handsome, man. Hello, handsome. How are you? I am very well, indeed. Thank you. Dave. How are you? I love New Orleans. I had a great time. Congratulations, by the way, on the souvenir. I see you brought back a second chin.
4: Uh, uh, I like that a lot. There's That's, no reason that looks that. great. There's no reason <laughs> to attack. I don't like that sort of thing. So, all right, fellas, I've written down a bunch of best of, worst of questions for you. And also, we should say hello to uh, the guy behind the glass there, Black Tie, on yet another vacation. What is he doing? Where does he go? I have no idea where our usual producer, Black Tie, disappears to. But once again, we have uh, another of his capable uh, fill-ins there from the tie rack because he looks like Ty Detmer so much. It's Ty-Ty. How are you, Ty-Ty? Great. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, you didn't get to make the trip out to NOLA. Are you feeling raw about that? Very raw. Yeah. Raw. That's the first question. Raw oyster or char broiled? I start with you, handsome Hank.
5: I went raw, and I will continue to. I like a raw oyster, um, but a Tabasco on there. Of course, they have the crystal hot sauce in yeah. in New Orleans, which mm-hmm. I brought a pot back with, with. That was the one souvenir I bought back from New Orleans was a, 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 a bottle of that crystal, um, hot sauce. But yeah, raw oysters all the way.
4: Uh, Rank, I throw it to you. Char broiled was good. Mm-hmm. Also, did the fried. No, so, that's the know. only kind of oyster I don't fancy. I don't know why. I've just never enjoyed a a, a uh, fried oyster.
2: Yeah, I went to this place called Coops on Decatur. It was actually it was pretty good. I, I'm not a big uh, oyster guy. I don't particularly care for them raw, but char broiled and fried,
0: pretty uh, pleasant.
4: They, they do something to them. Rank and I on Monday night, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. We went out to Acme Oyster House, one of the more popular joints to get the char broiled uh, oysters. We went there. And we had some Abita Turbo Dogs, a delicious uh, local brew. And um, Vernon Davis was in there, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Glad handing and shaking hands. So let's start there. Or should we get into the game? I don't
2: know. What a game or? or The game has been hashed over. I say we do it quickly.
4: All right. We can, we'll, we can we'll, we'll bounce back and forth. Some game, yeah. some uh, some yes. of the game called life. We'll mix them both you're together. You're at the wheel. You're at the wheel. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, so All right. Who was the best star sighting you had? Rank. I start with you. Uh, Julie Chen <laughs> <laughs> from see, from uh, what's that show called? The Big, uh, brother. Big Brother. She's also the old lady of Les Moonves. <laughs> that's, that's right. Correct. That's how she got the gig. Problem. Well, no, uh, I'm sure she's a capable why, broadcaster, that's, and that's how she got might, the gig. But
2: yes, <laughs> there is a there's a there's a savviness to being. The yeah, out Julie. Really,
4: of uh, course, yes. Biggest star sighting biggest. for you, Handsome Hank.
5: Dave, every year at Super Bowl, I try and um, have some kind of contact with Don Shula. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you may have witnessed. Um, I did. He came. He Don um, doesn't like to walk too much anymore. So he was being wheeled through the lobby of the
4: hotel. So and it's, I, wait a second. Wait a second. So by choice, I, don't,
5: I think his legs are tired. <laughs> I think his legs are tired, and he. You know, there are times when he'll he'll happily walk, and there are other times where he, he doesn't care to any longer. And and I respect it. Like if you if if you did what he did, you can make that choice. And Saturday anyway, night, right? I'm sorry. Saturday night, he here. come he comes through, and um, I I went over the top and gave him a, a big nod and a wave, and he gave me a beaming smile back.
4: And it he really did. I was there to uh, to witness it, and he did. He went by in his little rascal scooter. Right. Did uh, Coach Shula, and um, he had a little moment with uh, with handsome Hank, and um, that was good. And in the very spot, a few hours later on Sunday morning. Franco Harris came walking ah. by, of course, and I went up to him in New Orleans 38 years after the he was the Super Bowl MVP of Super Bowl Nine in Tulane Stadium, Franco mm-hmm. Harris. I said, hey, Franco, you know, I told him that. I, I said, in case you aren't aware, you know, it's 38 years ago that you were the Super Bowl MVP. Can I take a picture with you real quick? And uh, he said, I'm sick. And I said, well, all right, just real quick, let's take a picture. And he said, do you know how to work your phone? And I said, I'm taking the picture. And I took the picture, and that was the end of it. I don't like it when you get things, when you get to scratch things off your bucket list and it's unsatisfying. And Franco wasn't exactly warm towards me, and, I, and that and that made me feel sad. What made him think that you wouldn't know how to use your phone? That seems like a strange. question. I don't know. To well, it, know. Was, it was a second and a half. I wasn't yeah. fidgeting with it for. Oh, hold on, hold on a second. I got it. You know, it was it was quick. Yeah. But Franco didn't want to kibitz. Not being Ugh. able
2: to use your phone, it reminds me of one of the best moments of the week for me. We have you guys might remember. Uh, I'm talking to the listening audience here. Our former producer, Ty dye. Mm-hmm. Who is, is here? He was backstage with me at NFL Honors, and they had brought back. It was Peyton Manning. It was Adrian Peterson getting FedEx awards, and this is before the show started. And so, you know, they take a. You know, they're sitting there for a photo op, and and Peyton Manning calls out, "Hey, can anybody take a picture with something other than an iPhone? I'd really appreciate it." And of course, uh, Ty dye had a camera. But, which he was using to shoot video, and he's trying to get it switched around, and he can't. He just keeps fumbling with it. And if you know tie-dye, it, it's only making it worse. The Peyton's like, really? You can't work your own camera? And finally just announced, can anybody work a camera? Can I find <laughs> one person who could work a camera? And the second he walks away, tie-dye gets the camera working.
4: Da-da-da-da-da. For longtime listeners of, uh, of this podcast, tie-dye is infamous because – Two years ago at the Hall of Fame in Canton, we did 25 gangbusters minutes with Gale Sayers about – and this was the year after the Jay Cutler knee injury. Wait, was it him
2: or was it my tie who blew that one?
4: I believe – well, we can blame I, I, Let's I blame both of them. I'm going with tie-dye on that one. But either way, we sat down with, uh, with <laughs> Hall of Famer Gale Sayers who tore into Jay Cutler for his – behavior on the sidelines and everything 25 minutes talking about the best foods in Chicago a delightful conversation from a rarely interviewed man a legend of the game and when we were done my tie informed us or or tie die, one or the other informed us oh yeah we we it didn't record we didn't get any of that so <laughs> the
5: infamous lost podcast yeah
4: yes and I said my response at the time was oh no worries we'll uh, we'll just do it with Gail Sayers next week and uh <laughs> and they said uh Oh, you will? You got him back again? <laughs> and I said, No, you dope. <laughs> then I let him taste the uh, hand solo edition blast. So, all right. But, but the correct answer is Don Shula, I appreciate your loyalties to the Miami Dolphins. But of course, Handsome and I were in one of the countless great restaurants in uh, New Orleans and uptown having really a top 12 all time meal. And that's not hyperbole. One of the top I think 12 company meals. Wise,
5: company yes. wise, food wise, everything yes. across the board. That was outstanding. It
4: was a positively gay time uh, made even better when Jay-Z came walking through the door. That was pretty yeah, good. You it know? was
5: good. It was a small restaurant as well, so we, we it, it felt pretty exclusive that we were there.
4: Well, you only have so many bullets to fire... You know, in New Orleans, you feel like everyone—that's the—that's the the scary thing about you, you don't want to have a bad meal because wow, we only have three left to go now, three dinners left. You want them to all be good. We went into that restaurant and it was half full, mm-hmm. and we thought, uh-oh, did we somehow land on a crummy joint here? Half hour later, it was jam packed, and a half hour after that, uh, in came Jay, and uh, our our night where was, was made. It? it was in Uptown. <laughs>
5: It was Uptown, What we was Uptown. Coquette? It was Coquette. Oh, uh,
4: it was heavy. It was heaven. Dave um, confused the waitress. I didn't confuse her. I had questions for her about what I should eat, and she was uh, trying to help me figure that out. <laughs> it took quite some time to... <laughs> I think it went, we did like three go-rounds by the time yeah, we... You, but you ordered three different... So what? By the time we were done, I had, uh, I had gotten the order correct. My belly decided that I was right about that. All right, now we're going to switch into... Some game talk here. Quickly, let's jump to the end of the game. Rank, did they get the MVP right? It seems like a lot of people are buzzing about that, that Joe Flacco wasn't worthy of it. How say you?
2: I was surprised it wasn't Ray Lewis. (laughs) (laughs) But you get so much international media and people who don't really follow the game that much, and they will be voting for names a lot of the time. That's true. Why is Peyton
4: Manning a Super Bowl MVP?
2: They He's generally
4: more often than not though, they get it right, I would mm. say. I mean the Peyton Manning one was probably inaccurate. Peyton but
2: Manning one, both of Eli's, I could say. There's always seems to be somebody well, deserving. Well who would you have given it to last year? Last year. I, I would have, have given, given it to a team Knicks, actually. I would have given it to Justin Tuck. Mm-hmm. I would have given it to Weatherford. <laughs> I would well, have given that it. would have
4: been that would have been met with uh, a tepid response at best. Um, so you say Ray Lewis. No, they, it was uh, probably would have been Jacoby Jones, right? Jacoby Jones has the two probably defining plays for the Ravens, and I will say that Jacoby Jones, I say the play he makes on the deep ball, his one reception of the game, where he gets up. You rarely see a guy in the NFL, as much as you can get up off your feet if you're not touched to the ground. Guys can get up and run, but rarely do you see a guy make a great play once he gets back on his feet. He stands up and almost immediately pirouettes past uh, past one guy and then outraces the other guy to the pylon, essentially. It's a foot race all within the span of about 15 yards at the end zone. I think that will go down as one of the top 25 plays in NFL history. It was remarkable. Um, but Chris Culliver... Whether he likes it or not, I don't care. I know that's not his bag touching guys, but <laughs> you're res- it's your responsibility to touch Jacoby Jones down. So that play was assisted by Chris Culliver there of the 49ers. Handsome. I, I, but I I think that the correct call is Flacco, but it, it's not even Jacoby Jones, who to me is number two. It's, it's Anquan Bolden. He made... Flacco looked great on a lot of balls there. Gets in the end zone. Really tough catches on jump balls throughout the game, and uh, he was a huge difference. Handsome, how say you?
5: I, I say Jacoby Jones because I think if you if you look at it, most valuable player, could the Ravens have won that game without him and specifically without that kickoff return? And the answer hmm. is no, they wouldn't have won that game. That's an interesting so his way his value to, that, to yeah. the team was, was more. But then you look at, at what Flacco did. I think – the, anyone who's saying that Flacco shouldn't have been MVP is probably looking at it from the point of view that his first half was great. Normally we're used mm-hmm. to people having great second halves of games and they're winning the game in the second half and therefore they're MVP. If Flacco's second half or first half had been his second half, I don't think there'd be any question that he's the MVP.
4: Well, the other thing is, though, is that P, you know whether or not you're supposed to do it this way, it's not supposed to be a body of work thing for what he did in the postseason overall, but it is that. He didn't get picked off the whole postseason and, you know, obviously remarkable stuff. The Broncos D, that feels like, you know, three months ago that when they played the game in mile high. But the fact is that Broncos defense was no jive. The Patriots mm-hmm. defense isn't very good, but, the you know, the Ravens is fine and the Colts isn't very good. But the fact is he went four games in the postseason and didn't get picked off once. Tom Brady can't say that and Peyton Manning can't say that. And uh, so, yeah, I think you got to give it to I, – I guess you give it to the Flacco there. I, I wouldn't have gone crazy. As a matter of fact, I'm a little surprised by how crazy some people are getting about it. People are, <laughs> won't stop talking about it like us right now for the last uh, 10 minutes.
2: That's eh? the one they get crazy over. What he did, if you compare to what Peyton Manning did to win his MVP award and you compare it to what – Flacco, you can at least make a case. It seems legitimate like – yeah, I can understand Flacco getting it over Jones, over somebody like Bolden. Either one of those guys, okay, I get it. But why? still, Joe Flacco, Just nobody will just let this – like, fine, he's won. He won a Super Bowl. He was amazing QB. in the playoffs.
4: It's I, fine. I, I it's do kind of body a work it and think he deserves it for that.
2: A couple of things, though, on that. Do you think that the
4: elimination of kickoff returns, that's, that point is now moot? There's no way – like oh, great Jones. great question that i that, mm. that didn't occur to me yeah when that happens on the big stage like that and really are the deciding points for the Ravens in the game that has to end that debate i don't know about that but here's one thing you know i i, I failed to mention this but since that conversation came up uh whatever it was six eight weeks ago when the commissioner floated that in the uh in the piece about him what was that on time magazine in yes. Time magazine he said that maybe they'll eliminate kickoffs Here's the problem with it. The numbers of football are now solidifying to a point that they're now relevant. Baseball numbers are so important and, and have been corrupted by the steroid era. And now you're, you're 50 years into the Super Bowl era, roughly. And now the numbers mean something. It matters who is the all-time blank in, in, in any category. If you change the kickoff, if you, if you no longer have kickoffs anymore, the numbers will get warped. They'll suddenly be meaningless numbers if you start spotting the ball, and you 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 know you you can't uh, you you can go for it on fourth down instead of onside kicking and those kind of things. It'll corrupt what the numbers mean because quarterbacks will have more attempts in a game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't think he can do it. I and. Um, that's a, a great way to, to look at it, that now you uh, – again, the, they always say the standard for Hall of Famers is can you tell the story of the NFL without that player? Now can you tell the story of this Super Bowl without that kickoff return? Can't. No, it makes it hard to, to remove that. Handsome, yes. I guess the decisive play, the one that people are breaking down and debating here, pass interference or defensive holding, whatever you want to call it, yay or nay on that fourth down. From uh, Kaepernick to Michael Crabtree, I was
5: I was lucky enough yesterday morning, Monday morning. We're speaking on Tuesday. On Monday morning, I was lucky enough to um, get up um, bright and early in order to um, look after the website. And I switched on one of my favorite shows, NFL AM. and the uh, the talented crew on there mm-hmm. were you know breaking down that play and really looking through it. And um, it, it was fifty fifty. I don't. I think if you called the, if that was the play, if there'd been a flag there, and that was the play that had decided the Super Bowl was was a flag on that play. They, I I think that that gets left off a 100 times.
4: I think that's unsatisfying. What that what would get it, it, that, that there was a flag there people would there forget a, I don't think
5: there was a flag. I think I think 9 times out of 10 that doesn't get called. Well, it was a decisive play in the Super Bowl, but I don't think it gets called many times.
4: Here's the thing, seven there's seven total penalties called in that game. So if you like the idea you always see that with umpires behind the plate very often in baseball as they say, well, at least he's calling a big strike zone and it's consistent or a small strike zone. At least the crew was yeah. consistent. They only called seven penalties the whole stinking game there. So the issue to me is you, you can put it on Jimmy Smith or that the officials blew that call all you want, that the Ravens should have had a penalty there. But to me, the culprit is offensive coordinator of the 49ers, Greg Roman. What is he doing there? Right. What uh, what are they doing, first of all, with, the, with a chance to tie the game at 31? They're... Gashing them, especially from the time Nada they make their big push, the, the the Niners do. From the moment that that uh, uh, that Nada goes out, they really have no answer to the combo of Kaepernick putting it into Gore's gut or keeping it and running around the end. I mean, it was consistent through the second half. Why would Greg Roman have left that? And especially in the big so. The two-point conversion, you have a chance to to tie the game. Why not continue to apply the pressure to the defense and force them to at least respect what Kaepernick might do on the ground? Instead, they just he just drops back and throws a fade on that two-point conversion. Insignificant, fat, huge. If they tie the game and they're, and they and the Ravens go down the field and kick the field goal as they did. Then in that spot on fourth down and five, fourth and goal at the five, the Niners also would have kicked the field goal, presumably to force the overtime. So that if they get that two point conversion, two and a half yards, you have Kaepernick and Frank Gore back there. You don't just try to run that in. That seems like the biggest gimme for any of the 32 teams in the NFL for Kaepernick to be able to make that two and a half yards. Then. Frank Gore gets him down to the seven. He needs a blow. Fine. You put in the rookie, LaMichael James. If you were going to run on any spot in out of the four downs, that's the spot you do it. I wouldn't have wanted to give it to the rookie, LaMichael James, who fumbled earlier in the game. Fine, they do. Second and goal from the five. They try to throw it in the short flat to Crabtree. That doesn't connect. The four, the third down, the clock is ticking down. The time clock is going down. Clearly, they were going to run some variation on either giving it to Gore or rolling uh, Kaepernick out to the left. But the clock expires. They barely get the timeout. Fine. They feel like they've shown their hand. So on third down, they throw it again. Fourth and goal. The season on the line. I don't care if it's five yards. You still have to move Kaepernick out at least. At least apply that pressure. Kaepernick... Probably is the guy who audibles that at the line of scrimmage because he sees that the Ravens are coming to get him, so he audibles out of whatever they had called. I just thought those last four downs, I, if I were a Niners fan, I would be sick, and in fact, over the course of the whole game, I'd be sick that Michael James fumbles it away. I feel like at seven three. LaMichael James' fumble, I think they were about to make it 10-7, and I think they don't even look back. I think they would have smoked them from that point forward. But to, to, to keep settling for the field goals and that bad turnover there, the fumble by James, and the play calling at the end, it made no sense to me. Handsome, I start with you.
5: I, I totally agree. I mean, th- even even earlier in the game, I know that when Nata went out, it made sense, but they didn't use Kaepernick the same way they have been using him through the, um, through the postseason um, uh, during the first half really at all. And when we were looking through the course of the week and we had a lot of stories on NFL.com about the success of the pistol and how Kaepernick's been playing, and we were looking at the percentage of plays they'd had out of the pistol through really through when he started all the way through the postseason. It seemed very strange that the, that, that incredible success they'd had recently, they were sort of putting aside and trying to ask him to win the game with his arm.
4: I agree. Uh, well, obviously, I agree since yep. I made the initial point there. Rank, how say you? Also, we all agree you should
2: run the ball down there. If you you need to keep the clock moving there too, because the
4: 49ers were yeah, in a right. position. Another point, right? They were
2: in a position to where you know they 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 didn't have any timeouts left because Harbaugh took a timeout or they they wasted their timeouts. So this was their last chance. So if they had scored, let's say they went ahead. Well, the Ravens had two minutes left. They could have gone down and scored, too. You want to run the ball, at least keep the clock moving, or at least make the Ravens have to use their timeouts. Thought that was interesting, too. It's like, yes, but you got to run the ball.
4: Um, All right, let's uh, get another voice in here on this, uh, another fellow who we had uh, just a a terrific time with over over the week down there. In New Orleans, he's one half of the Around the League debate club. Get ready, Flames. Here he is, your pal, Dan (laughs) Hanzoos. Hans, Zeus, and Mr.
5: Fancy Pants. The Flames need NFL news, and here's their chance. It's ATL, around the league. Light a flame, boys. Pigskins hot
3: tonight.
5: Burn, baby, burn.
4: Hello, Hans, Zeus. What's the poop? Hey, guys. How you doing? Swell. Swell. I don't know if you heard what we were talking about. Uh, way in here.
3: Well, I, I do think that um, Har- Jim Harbaugh, when he does sit down to watch a tape, I don't know if he has yet. It's going to go down very hard for him, you know, both in the mistakes they made on the field and his play calling. Uh, he just had a press conference today where, as I'm watching it, the guy just looks completely drained. I mean, this is this is, has to have been, you know, he called it a devastating loss, and you know, when he really, as the time gets away, he's going to probably feel worse. I mean, they should have won this game, and they didn't. That, I I know,
4: I know I've, I've taken uh, a lot of heat from Ravens fans on on Twitter and such, but I stand by. I mean, I really thought that the Niners were going to put it on him. And, and, and watching that game, there wasn't anything that said to me there's no reason why over 60 minutes that they shouldn't have won that game by two minutes. But, you know, Flacco, to his credit, he threw some jump balls that looked as the balls coming out of his hands. You think, oh, that's that's. That's the best decision you have to make there. But Bolden made a couple of huge plays. Third and one, that 30-yard rainbow he threw there mm-hmm. in, in particular stand out to me as uh, as decisive plays. Obviously, in the game, um, Zeus, Let's now turn the page. We're going back and forth because right. you're just joining us here. We're going, we're going the streets of New Orleans inside the Superdome and vice for and back and forth and back and forth. Best bite of food you had all week.
3: That would be the carpetbagger steak at Giacomo's.
4: Which, wow! Yeah, he didn't—he he didn't even take a breath. No, best bite of food, and he, an answer ready to go. I, can't I watched stop him eat about it. it. I watched yeah. him eat it. It was—it was, it was
5: <laughs> like a—it was like a lion on the—you know—on the, you know, the plate
3: <laughs> devouring uh, an impala that it had just pulled down. This was a steak that was not like any regular steak, Dave. This I've
4: been to Giacomo. Yes. Go there if, if you have uh, if you ever get to New Orleans, everybody. And by the way, Rank and I talked about it before we left. He and I continued this debate throughout the week. Um, even on uh, Super Bowl Sunday morning, we were sitting in a bar. Because why? Because we're regular fellows. We don't need <laughs> to be rubbing elbows with the muckety-mucks, like handsome, you know, all suited up. Rank and I— well, We were suited up, and we were hanging out at St. Lawrence. But we're people, you and me, Rank. So we were sitting in there, and we were, uh, you know, we had a couple of Abitas. So Mm -hmm. what? Apology expected? Keep waiting because it's not coming. (laughs) We had a great time. In fact, it was crazy in the bar that we were sitting in, what was it, four hours before the game, suddenly you hear a commotion, and you look out the window of the bar, and for literally a solid 10 minutes, there was a march of purple-shirted Ravens fans Walking down the street in unison, singing and cheering, and it was quite grand. And I am certainly no Ravens fan, but I will say philosophically, I always like when people turn out like that. If you're a diehard fan base like that and you really want it, I I have to say, I feel a little happy. When, when that's the group that wins, when that's yes. the team's fan base that wins. They obviously were a dedicated bunch. I'm sorry I got distracted there. Yes. Continue their hands. No, the, uh, yeah, the carpetbagger steak, I think about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I do this. You know what? Don't apologize. I, yeah. I, I, I dream about the food that I've eaten, and I, I crave it, and I make plans to go and visit it again, and I'm going to go back to New Orleans sooner rather than yeah.
3: later. We, start, we started with the alligator cheesecake, which um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was special. Really a quiche rather than a... A pastry, but mm-hmm. delicious. But the Carpet Bagger steak had oysters inside the steak as well as some type of crumpled blue cheese. It, you know, it was special.
4: Well, so that's why I was saying. You know, and Rank and I had the debate before, during, and we'll have it now again. Vegas. Rank loves his Vegas. But to me, that's where the junior varsity can go and hang out. They can have it for the rest of time. When you're ready to get serious... New Orleans is where it's at. That's the genuine article. It's beautiful. The architecture is grand. You can do all the things you like to do in Vegas, but the food is better. The people are better. Yeah. For the
3: people listening at home, uh, Rank just did like a Liz Lemon eye roll that almost went out of the back of his head when you said the statement about Vegas being junior varsity. That is an outrage.
2: You walk down Bourbon Street and the, the only thing that screams varsity.
3: Yes,
2: this is I <laughs> well,
4: Bourbon Street is where the frat dudes are. They they, they they because they're not in Vegas on at the time. That's where they go to Bourbon Street because they don't get the score. They don't know what the oh. score is. You go outside. You go a block you- away from Bourbon Street, and there are gangbusters bars and restaurants as far as the eye can see. And you
2: spent and you still spent most of your time in a hotel bar.
4: I absolutely did not. How you dare absolutely you? How did? dare you? I saw all the colors of New Orleans.
2: You were there. You were, you were sitting there in the Hyatt Hotel bar probably more than any place now, else. Late
4: on Saturday night I was, and I had, you know what I had there? Late, it's at 2 a.m. on Saturday night. I had me, oh, no, that was late Sunday night. I'm sorry, that yes. was Super Bowl Sunday. That's how I finished Saturday, my night.
5: Saturday and Sunday.
4: Well, I was with the handsome <laughs> and one. Friday. We
5: made some great friends there. Yes, James we did. Shout out to Stacy if he's listening.
4: Yes, yeah. shout out to Stacy. Indeed, we had a wonder. He he invited. This is New Orleans. He invited us to join him at his table, and uh, because there was there weren't seats elsewhere. He's a he, he was a native son of New Orleans, and we had a wonderful three hour time with him late into the night. Then Initially- Sunday night, Hans Zeus, Mark Sessler, the other uh, around the leaguer, Handsome, and I had uh had I had a drum a grilled drumfish sandwich and uh and I went back for another one on uh Monday before we got on the plane <laughs> and I you know listen again no apologies coming handsome best bite of food for you all week I match
5: I've I've gone on the internet to look up what was in, in this because it was so good I mm-hmm. need to make sure I capture everything so I went to a place called Dick and Jenny's um one night with some friends actually from the UK I ate something called Abeda braised beef short ribs over goat cheese thyme grits with brown butter sautéed Brussels sprouts and a spiced bourbon demi-glaze. Let me tell you something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I woke up at 3.30 the morning after that. I mean, I felt terrific when I was was eating. I woke up at 3.30 in the morning. I thought my sides were going to split. I was so I've never been more full of food, but but in a joyful way. Wow! In, in a in a happy happy way, it
2: was that, delicious.
4: That sounds terrific. Rank I'll say you
5: best bite of. Oh
2: man, it's it's hard to to pin it down because one of the things you do, you talked about it earlier about going to Acme Oyster House mm-hmm. is trying the gumbo every place mm. and putting it up against everybody else just because that you know that's what everybody's serving. Acme, you know, for a place that's popular that's kind of touristy it actually did have really good food
4: like i love those charbroiled oysters you know there. that was charbroiled
2: that was a smart place felix's was great but yeah
4: oh I, yeah I'm, i had the yeah i went to felix's as well oh, and this and, uh, another place with the charbroiled oysters
2: yeah and then that was pretty good we tried alligator there that was really good that was excellent the one thing that I didn't I I regret that I didn't get a chance to do. We were at the uh, the St. Lawrence on Decatur. That's where we were watching. That's where we were, where we were before. They well I mm. I was basically there the whole time. But that they had a turducken. What was it? Turducken burger?
4: Yes, that sounds wow. that sounds terrific, doesn't that it? That we couldn't
2: mm. yeah, we didn't get a chance to
4: eat Even that's the even the even the airport food was good. I had I had an air I got a giant piece of chicken with red beans and rice before we flew out yesterday. Um, and and even that was heavenly. I had and airport food is never good, and it was it was dying.
3: I had a shrimp po' boy from room service. Yes, and it was the best one I had all week.
4: Ah, such good <laughs> food. I am going to go with because it was the most memorable order of the week um, when I was at that restaurant before that I mentioned with Handsome Hank was uh, milk chocolate mousse. <laughs> and uh, it was it was really good. But I liked how uh, Handsome says it. Say it, Handsome. I
5: also ordered it as well. Milk chocolate mousse.
4: That's not how you said it. Milk chocolate mace. <laughs> I'll have the milk chocolate mace. <laughs> I loved it. I had him say it uh, for the next 20 minutes. He was not allowed to say anything else.
5: Dave, yes. all this talk of food has got me hungry, and I think partly I expanded my stomach during Super Bowl mm-hmm. week. Do you have anything we could eat here?
4: Oh, you. I understand that Thai uh, Thai, we received a package from across the Atlantic Ocean. Is that right? Oh, Rank's got it right there. Got what it do you right say? here?
2: Yes, uh, Mr. Stephen Bledsoe. Oh, Drew's brother,
4: no, right? Drew's British. Maybe, brother. maybe not. Or Spelled maybe Eric Bledsoe. Well, we, we
5: spell things differently in the U.K. So. All right. Yeah, there you the go. The T is a D normally. <laughs>
2: the T is a D, yes. He he works for Riley's Toffee Rolls, and they are currently in 140 shops in the U.K. I'm listening. Coming here, coming here to Troy, Michigan soon. This is going to be the first time the American audience will be turned on to these. And he sent us a batch, and not only did he send us a batch of these Riley's Toffee Rolls, they were actually created while listening to DDFP number 122. What? Whoa. That's amazing. He works in the kitchen, and he puts these together. So these are from episode
4: 122. It feels good to make a difference in the world. And I feel like we've made it a better place, and I haven't even tasted it yet. While we're talking about fans, it was great uh, people coming up to us. Uh, great, uh, great fellow member of the Sheck Republic and the Rank Amateurs approached. Dave Chambers, New Orleans uh, native, came up to us and uh, brought gifts for, as a matter of fact, is uh, such an avid listener. Mm. Brought gifts out, not just for me. Oh, this is fantastic! But by the way. also, he brought he brought gifts for Baby Oprah and Jean Claude Van Damashek. He even wow. brought uh, he brought gifts for my children, which was uh, which was just insane and nice of him. And uh, it was uh, he he gets my award for for best listener to the podcast. Greatly appreciated. Came out to watch us do the uh, the NFL dot com live show from Media Row last week. So he gets my vote. There, Hansus. How many people recognized you?
3: Uh, we're still, we're still banking at zero. But listen, it's just a matter of time.
4: I'm eating you know? the toffee right now. This and is this really unit. fabulous. That is, I mean, I have now left Studio 66, and I am on my way to Cloud Nine. <laughs> oh wait, I'm not done yet. Hold on, everybody, wait. Okay. Wow, this is more delicious than the time. That I got back into the game and got the latest Dieter Brock drop. Dieter Brock drop. <laughs> that's right. I'm allowing it. I'm gonna self. I'm gonna self police and allow that one. I'm letting you get back. I haven't made one in the last four or five. Wow, that hoping is you get so, back That be. is delicious. That is. It tastes like bourbon almost. For um, the,
3: the wow, for the British who are Where, what, you know not well known for good food that, that know, they stepped a up That is ridiculous. That's terrible. terrible. Oh, so know, speaking, absolutely ridiculous. After that treacle I'll, pie. Uh, Calamity back in December. <laughs> Wait a second, that's a, you, you're that's talking a about a prize-winning te- treacle, treacle tart. tart.
4: <laughs> that t- and uh, by the way, why would you attack poor handsome Hank? He you, made that you, with his own mitts. That's how you became known as Empty Hansus. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> oh. probably
3: should not call back. We to had that a pie day.
4: competition here on the DDFP, and Hansus showed up with a fork and not a pie. <laughs> that's right. my style. So terrible. <laughs> Shame on you. That's uh, next you, year. That's I promise bad. you,
3: we do the same thing this year. I will get your wife. You will order your wife to make to make
4: a pie for you. I don't care much. I honestly, people keep (laughs) wanting. I've a lot of people have um, not one on one. I I don't mean on Twitter or anything, but it just seems like it's something that people want to kibitz about when they see you. Oh, you were at the Super Bowl. What was it like when the lights went out? I gotta say, I I don't know. I don't have any feeling about it. I I don't have any. I certainly don't have any conspiracy theories about it. Kadri Ishmael, our pal. Matt Money Smith on his uh, on his radio show, Petros and Money, uh, had Kadri Ishmael on, who does the color for the, the Baltimore Ravens and, of course, won the Super Bowl with the Ravens 11 years ago. And uh, Kadri was on there and said that the NFL did it. It was a conspiracy to turn the lights off, to help kill the momentum of the Ravens and bring the Niners back into the game. Money stopped down and said, you're being facetious, right? You can't actually think that, and and he repeated it and said, let me say it again. I even tweeted at Kadri Ishmael, and I said, "Kadri Ishmael is a kook, a conspiracy theory, and Kadri uh, emailed me, or tweeted back, and uh, had some other ones about uh, UFOs and aliens, so at least he has a sense of humor, but that aside, that even- conspiracy theory a- aside... The whole momentum thing, whatever, like I say, I've already just said twenty minutes ago, I feel like it was clear that the Niners were on were, were on their way. They were gonna they were gonna make a run by hook or by crook. I don't have I don't think it has anything to do with this um you know, this ethereal notion of uh, of, of momentum anyway. But I my takeaway was, I don't know, it just was kind of sweet it was weird. It was the Super Bowl and the the lights went out. But I don't know. I don't buy. I don't think it was anything really all that. But I didn't think it affected the game, rank I'll say you. Even Tim Brown thinks that's a little too much. Yeah, it goes too
2: <laughs> much. That's, that's
4: your way off
2: base. It did kind of kill the, the whole mood, though. Like, sitting in the stands, because, like, where I was sitting was the corner of the end zone, and we pretty much had to stand the whole game. The fans were into it. It was great. I mean, they they just came back. But
4: they quieted down once it got to 28 twenty eight twenty. Uh, oh no, we. I mean, we sound <laughs> <know>, being sarcastic. <laughs> that's when the game got good. I imagine they but stayed no,
2: enthused. Well, it was it was primarily Ravens fans. It was all. It, it seemed like we were in a Ravens section. Two thirds. By the way,
4: speaking of that, two thirds Ravens fans. Ravens would you say? Home game. Yeah, yeah, maybe absolutely. even three quarters, maybe more. And but that when that happened, it was just such a bummer in a half hour. It was weird. I, I, I just didn't I, I just didn't feel like it influenced what happened after uh, afterwards. Hanzu, Zeus, how say you.
3: Well, I think. Yeah, I think the Niners were going to lo- make a comeback. You know, the kickoff returned to start the third quarter, which happened while I was in the restroom, which is disgraceful. But, you know, that that kind of pushed it back. <laughs> thank, you you a for, thank you for
4: sharing that. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. tidbit.
3: Yeah. But uh, I thought it was going to happen. It just happened to sync up that way. But you know, Ismail, that's that's insane. I mean, we. As a league employee, obviously, I'm not going to go along with him. But even if I wasn't, you can't say that. It's bizarre.
4: Wait a second. You went in the restroom and did your business in the sink? Is that what I (laughs) – maybe I misunderstood what you were saying. (laughs) Handsome, your reflections on that weirdness.
5: I I mean, I I agree with you guys. I don't think it made any difference really in in terms of the game. For me, though, it contributed. And I'm someone who gets caught up in the moment a lot. But Dave was – you were sitting near me uh, during the game or standing near me. And I said repeatedly, best Super Bowl ever. Well, all right, that- and and I know that that's not. When I say best, I mean most memorable. And what, mm-hmm. what I mean by that is, in the sixty minutes of playing time, there were more moments, like f- exciting, thrilling moments, than most Super Bowls I can remember. Wow. A lot of them have those signature moments, the you know the helmet catch, the the uh, the great Santonio Holmes catch. You know, they they've all got that. But in terms of just packed you know if it was a movie there'd be there was action the whole way through rather than a great closing scene.
4: Well, I except did want to get to that, so let's talk about that right now. Oh, what sorry. were you going to say there, Rank? No, except for that 30 minutes
5: when nobody did anything. But well, that but was it, exciting. It, there was a there was a bit of a buzz around that, you know, like this ta- – well, this has never happened before. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'll tell you right now, this will be the first Super Bowl and the last Super Bowl ever that will have brothers coaching and a 30-minute blackout in the middle. Oh. I'm
3: willing to guarantee that. And I'd also <laughs> say this will be hopefully the first and last Super Bowl where at some point I feel like I'm in grave danger. So <laughs> –
4: <laughs> you actually felt I that? I did, yeah.
5: Easily panicked.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah there was that some... has nothing
4: to do with the blackout. That right. has to do with what happened yeah. in the restroom. Yeah. You... yeah, right.
3: There were some – I will not name them, but there were a couple NFL employees that actually left the building uh, in the editorial department out of fear. You're kidding me. Out-
2: <laughs> I'd like them to be cowardice. called out by name. I'd like Please, for them to be – Did you think the shield was going to come out and, like, take out <laughs> – Start taking people out of the Undertaker was going to return.
3: I didn't know. Pain. I stayed around though. I said, "All right, if this is how it's going to go down, I guess it's the least memorable." They some guys hightailed it out of the building. That well, that's is why terrific. you stuck
5: so close to
2: me. Name wanted, names. I knew I
3: wanted to get you know behind the broad shoulder Englishman. I want
4: names. I can't give them. <laughs> Name out. names. All right, so they must be direct superiors, and that uh, will let uh, around the league fans, uh, flames, do the math on who those people start, might be. I
2: will start. <laughs> Recklessly speculating. <laughs> Let's was th- one of them Greg Aiello?
3: Oh, and you really want to get me fired, don't you? No. So you're saying that's who it was? Oh uh, no, it was. I don't know if he was one of them, but I that is not the ones I had in mind.
4: Uh, it would have been funny if it was Joe Flacco, or Colin <laughs> Kaepernick. Um, all right. What about what Handsome says there? So you stand by that? You say best, and what that means to you, you know, same thing as an MVP yeah, yeah. decision is best. Is uh, however you want to talk about that. Best Super Bowl ever. I was trying to do the math on that. We talked about it, you know, whatever it was, three weeks or so ago. I do think it definitely joins the top five games. It's got to be in the conversation. Super Bowl thirteen, Steelers and Cowboys 35-31 is in that mix. That's what the great Gil Brandt, the Cowboys architect, says. Um, the one people forget, Patriots and Panthers was really good. Mm-hmm. The one that's overrated is Rams-Titans was good. A great right. couple minutes, but the game was a snooze for the most part. Steve McNair's comeback at the end was what made that one so great. Um, Steelers and Cardinals was good, but that was really more about, you talk about moments, that was more about James Harrison's play at the end of the first half, then the last five minutes of that game, the back and forth of Kurt Warner and Larry Fitzgerald scoring the touchdown, <laughs> then Roethlisberger driving him down the field for the win, but that game in total wasn't Probably as compelling as the second half of right. of this one was. Forty seven. I'm gonna put it. I I I don't know. I'm gonna put it top five at, at worst. Well, I wouldn't. Oh, one oh, more. Yeah. Broncos Packers. That was another game that somehow you people don't. When people start talking about that, that was a, a, a fascinating game, too. That was, uh, that was chock full. I remember Brett Favre throws it to Antonio Freeman, or maybe it was Robert Brooks right at the start of the game. He's like, oh, they're going to house this team. They're going to destroy this Broncos team. But the Broncos hung around. That's when Ter- Terrell Davis gets the headache, all that stuff. And uh, they end up winning it on uh, Brett Favre. Uh, Throws incomplete on fourth down. That's also one of the – I'd say that's top five. I think I just gave you about five games. Well, where do
3: you put the two Giants-Patriots games?
4: Uh, In terms of America's satisfaction with the result, at the very top. I think everybody (laughs) loved, ironically, seeing the red, white, and blue Patriots lose. Um, I I guess I would say last year's was better than the first one.
3: The first Um, one was so historic, though. I mean, there's something important about that.
4: Yeah,
2: talk about a moment. Rank, how say you? Yeah, I would put. I I I don't agree with you on the Cardinals Steelers one. That was the most exciting game. It was. I I agree that
4: stretches of it were exciting. There was not outside
2: of the exciting parts. It wasn't very good. I don't. I mean, you could say that about (laughs) it. If you take away, if you take away all the exciting parts of the of Sunday's (laughs) game, it wasn't very good. (laughs) Of course, I mean that's. But so I would. Obviously, I'm going to say it's a it's a top five. But the Cardinals-Steelers one is, was really good. The um, – oh, geez, looking – I was just looking. Super Bowl uh, 36, the uh, Patriots' first Super Bowl win over the St. Louis Football Club. At the time when we were all rooting for the Patriots, it was a, it was a different – it was a different world, you know? It was coming off 9-11. 11 and years you,
4: later, yeah, how, you, how much the world you, has changed.
2: Yeah, and you put in with the halftime show with you two – doing the halftime show and everything. And, and that great, just the St. Louis tying the game with two minutes left and John Madden being like, well, they should just play for overtime. And the Patriots just went out and did it. And
4: Can you believe what we still this- haven't had an overtime game? Unbelievable. Isn't that crazy? 47 through and we still haven't had uh, an overtime I game. I thought this was the year. Zeus, to go back real quick to the decisive uh, last couple of minutes there, pass interference, defensive holding, whatever, do you, do you like the no call there?
3: No call. No call. You know. Such a big moment, unless it's truly
4: blatant, which I didn't think it was. You got to hold on. To Here's the, flag. the thing: I think a few, uh, actually, a few thoughts on that. One, I feel like it is pass interference. I mean, it's holding, however you want to call it, whether it's PI or or holding. It is a foul, and the flag should have dropped there. I don't. When, when did it? When did the NFL turn into the NHL? Where like, oh no, you gotta, you gotta bury the whistle because it's at a crit- critical time of the game. I don't think that's the standard that you apply there. It's a penalty it's, uh, if it's a penalty, period. But I think what happened there was Michael Crabtree is the is the guy who, who blew it there because why, he stops there. I don't understand what he was – What maybe I think he wasn't even on the same page as Kaepernick is my guess there because he does not – Move like his physical movements do not move like somebody who thinks the ball is going where Kaepernick throws it. He stops before he gets to the goal line and then tries to break through, and then he's held there, and now all his momentum has been killed. And but he still gets close enough to the ball where you kinda of think like, Oh, that was an uncatchable pass and so I can't I think that's what happens. I yeah. think the referee looks at it and thinks, that's an uncatchable ball, that's why I'm not gonna call it. But if he doesn't break his stride to begin with and then gets held on that, then I think the referee is compelled to, to throw the flag there. But I yeah, I'm I'm conflicted if he should have dropped it there because like I say, I think ultimately if you're watching that in real time, up close, and you're feeling the momentum, the physical momentum of the receiver, you see that he is not going full force as he gets to the DB. So I think you let that one go because it looks like an uncatchable ball, I feel like, in real time. It
3: wasn't – I think um, Kaepernick audibled into the fade route, and they were playing press coverage for the cornerbacks and then sending the house. Yeah. So just the play itself, it was going to be very difficult to be able to uh, pull off what they were going for. They you know, Harbaugh said today, you know, he wished he had a chance to make a different play call, but I think his exact quote was the woulda, shoulda, coulda, coulda remains undefeated or something like that. You Ultimately,
4: know? isn't it funny that the that the fact that they didn't get the third down playoff is maybe what kills them because if right. they run it on third down, maybe they score a touchdown there. Let's say they get two yards and it's fourth and goal from the two and a half there. I think then they do run it no matter what. Um, that timeout, or at the very least – they would have that extra timeout to burn, and they're, and then they would use it, and really, oh, it looks like uh, the Ravens are bringing the house here, timeout, and they would design something different there. Um, all right. I want to talk about Hall of Fame real quick because those are the things came out. And aside from – I don't quibble too much. I'm glad Chris Carter finally gets in. I think he is one of the top 20 receivers of the Super Bowl era, so I don't know by what standard he hasn't already been in the Hall of Fame. But using – applying that same standard – and I wrote a little piece about it that Handsome Hank, I hope, will be good enough to share with uh, with you, the general public, on the uh, on the website at some point soon. Why? Where, where is that already, Handsome? You can't talk about my. You can't show my words. To people, I, no, <laughs> I, I
5: absolutely can. I, All I, right. I will. So, when I make
4: a commitment to you, Dave, I mean it. And
5: uh, you can always, you know, you look me in the you. eyes when I'm speaking right. to you. Yeah, I make ooh. a, commi- I make I don't a commitment. don't know that I need
4: to be spoken to in that fashion here in Studio Sixty Six. Uh, well, I, and for I'm, doing I'm not so, taste the
2: blaster.
5: <laughs> now. I'm not going to apologize for making a commitment
4: and following through on it. All right. So I say Chris Carter belongs in the Hall of Fame. But so, too, do Charles Haley and Jerome Bettis, who also rank in the top 20 of their respective positions. Charles Haley should be in the Hall. But I wrote about Jerome Bettis. How are these guys not in the Hall of Fame? And especially Jerome Bettis. I said on Twitter... That Bettis, to me, is one of the top 20 running backs of the Super Bowl era. And people scoffed at that. Everybody agrees with Charles Haley. Yes, of course, he's one of the great pass rushers of all time. And it's an injustice that he's not in the Hall of Fame. He's Maybe because he was not he was a surly guy. The media doesn't love him. But how do you figure Bettis, Zeus, weigh in. Is he not one of the top 20 running backs? I, I think Bettis was a, a great player in his time. But do I
3: look at him as one of the best running backs I've ever seen? No, I don't. So that's my answer. And that's the same reason I don't think Tim Brown's a Hall of Famer. Curtis m- Martin was better than Jerome Bettis? Absolutely. yes. Martin was a great player. And Ladanian I'm not saying Exit Tomlinson was styles. better? Yes. Yes. More
4: versatile. You rank LaDainian Tomlinson ahead of Bettis. John Riggins? Similar? But John Riggins with, is, if, I is better. If, do you, I mean, that's a legitimate uh, question. Handsome. John think, Riggins is better than Jerome Bettis? I, 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 I wouldn't agree with that. I, neither would I. Would he you sh- kind of,
3: he's a kind of an iconic type player, too, which I'm sure helps him.
4: Fine. Why is Jerome Bettis not? And, but, and Listen, I will happily concede when I don't think, just because I root for the Steelers, I don't think every one of the Steelers belongs in the Hall of Fame. Although, when his candidacy comes up, Heinz Ward absolutely does belong no. in the Hall of Fame. And we can talk about that he's, all you want. No. Edge James. Is Edge James ranked better than Jerome Bettis? Not better. Is he more worthy of the Hall of Fame? Than- I don't. I wouldn't put either one of them in. Oh, that's an interesting take. Hanzoos.
3: I think he falls under the same thing with Don Mattingly in baseball. Not enough years.
4: I don't care about numbers so much. (laughs) I I care more about what my, you know, because numbers aren't liars. But you know what? My eyeballs (laughs) and my gut aren't liars either. And first, that's the test is the standard. And there are certain guys we talk about all the time, Bo Jackson and Billy Sims and Terrell Davis, those guys who would have been in the Hall of Fame if it weren't for injury. But Jerome, so so the eyeball test to me. What am I missing? Jerome Bettis was an iconic looking rusher to me. He was a distinctive. He had a distinctive style. He was a battering ram, who also had that nimble footed dance in the dance in traffic kind of move going. He wasn't just a big fat guy. He wasn't you know he, he wasn't Pete Johnson of the Cincinnati Bengals. He had legitimate escapability. He was a halfback, but he was a big fat guy too. He had iconic runs. He had he had big situ. He, you know he, he came up big in at least some situations over the course of his career. And to go against myself and say the numbers don't matter that much, the durability—thirteen years in the league—he retires as the sixth leading rusher of all time. He's the most durable big back ever. That has to count for something. We've watched Earl Campbell fizzle out Aren't early in his career. That's, a, that's, what, too
2: close? that's that's what you're basing this on. He played longer than some of these guys. He the
4: finished things- the sixth leading rusher. He didn't just play. Well, well, he well, finished well, among the okay,
2: all-time greats. But that, that, okay, if you want to recognize him for his ability to hang around the NFL for a long time, then congratulations. <laughs> but he
4: didn't merely hang around.
2: He, he performed well. well you, no, he didn't. How many times did he lead the league in rushing? I don't None. know. None. How many times did he have double-digit numbers in rushing touchdowns? Twice over his All career right. for a guy? No, for a guy who's considered a battering ram at the end zone. Twice he had double-digit totals in touchdowns. That's for, no. I there's don't no, I, I don't the know the fact you're... that he was even a. I'm using the numbers. He never led the league in rushing. Why? So he when less did than, that well, become
4: the standard? Did he have to lead the league in rushing? <laughs> why does he have to lead the league <laughs> in rushing up. to be a Hall of Famer? I don't. I'm not going to go but, but here's the the other side of it is. It, I'm looking at the numbers with you right now. He goes a 1,400-yard season, then 1,665, which ranks, I'm sure, in the top, what, 12 individual seasons all time, I would no. bet. No? No, probably 20, top twenty eleven I mean, almost 1,200, almost 1,100, 1,340 over a grand. I mean, l- listen, those numbers stack up. I, the yeah. numbers are there. I, I don't get uh, it. I think
5: as well, like, the, he didn't lead the league in rushing, but you look at the players who, was, who were in the league at the same time as him. We had Emmett Smith, who year after year led the league in rushing. And Ladanian Tomlinson kind of followed that and did that same thing. I don't think that him not leading the league in rushing in any single season is the be-all and end-all, but it helps. It helps. I, I agree Kevin Green
3: is the number three sack guy of all time. He's not a Hall of Famer. I just think sometimes cumulative numbers should really.
4: I, I'm inclined to agree like, with that assessment, but I don't. But but we're not. I'm not making a case that Jerome Bettis is one of the five best running backs of all time. I'm saying he's a Hall of Famer, and I don't know. I he, I, and, and I sat down and made. I cobbled you, my list together. Did you think, think he was
2: the best? Like when you, handsome Hank, just mentioned like guys who are better than him, who should be in the Hall of Fame. Ladanian Tomlinson should be in the Hall of Fame. Curtis Martin should be in the Hall of Fame. Emmett Smith.
4: Barry Sanders. He Fine, wasn't those on those guys, guys, guys' level. But
5: he will look yes. he wasn't he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. He will be in the Hall of Fame well, eventually. Well, he hasn't
4: been a second or a third ballot but hall, hall of Fame. He will be in either. the Hall of Fame eventually. Well, first of all, I find that hokey. That 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 if you're a hall, you're not a Hall of Fame, you're not a first ballot, this 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 precious little uh, uh, nuance that these voters have. That, well, well he's they, not a first ballot guy, but I'm going to put him in. I just have to make him sweat a little bit first. What? What is that? You know, because their the worthy. Then That's, on the other hand, you have this veterans committee that does put in. Uh, Dave Robinson, if he was so good, why didn't he go in four decades ago? Well, I agree with That's that. I agree with, with that. Yeah. But Jerome Bettis and, and Charles Haley don't get in when anybody who – well, I guess you guys don't agree with me. So I'm 0 for 3 with my opinion versus you guys. None of you guys see Jerome Bettis as a Hall of Famer.
5: I no. do see him as a Hall of I see him exactly as what you're talking about. He will be a Hall of Famer eventually, but I don't think he should be. He's exactly the kind of guy who will get in on a veterans committee because he the, fish uh, totally leading the, the fish will have got even bigger by the time, you know, by the time it gets around 20 years from now. Do he'll have think, done all kinds of things. Do you think he was a better
4: running back than Terrell Davis? No, but I did give that caveat. I think there are two groups that you have to identify but that aren't going to be in the Hall of Fame, but they are uh, the guys that got hurt and had their careers uh, ended too early. William Andrews of the Falcons was uh, was a dynamite. I could look up his numbers and see how they stack up among his peers. And until he got hurt and ruined his knee in the 80s, he was on his way to a dynamite career. Billy Sims, to me, I, as I always say, my favorite single rusher to ever look at for those four years. And if he had been born a generation later, probably plays another eight years and maybe finishes among the all-time leading uh, rushers and so on. So there's that group. But then there's the USFL guys, the guys who signed away to get the money. Joe Cribs, Herschel Walker would have – you know, he – 18-game season, you know, he played in, what was it, two seasons or three in the USFL? I'm not sure. But 18-game seasons, he goes over 2,000 yards. He took a beating playing these meaningless games. By the time he gets to the NFL, he's already past his best years and still has a nice career. But anyway, him. Kelvin Bryant, who people may remember from UNC, and then uh, went on and still had uh, some decent years in the NFL. Mike Rogier, those guys, but they're not in the Hall of Fame. They did go to the USFL. If we remove those guys from the conversation because they they are moot for because of injury or uh, decisions they made, if we're talking about the guys who had nine to twelve years in the NFL, yes. Jerome Bettis is one of the top 20 to me. I, I, in the that my eyeballs have seen. I don't I mean I can't speak about guys who played in 1953. I didn't see them play, but the guys I've seen, yeah, he's in the top 20 to me.
5: I can't believe we spent 15 minutes talking about this and not about the fact that Charles Haley didn't get in the Hall of Fame. All right, I mean, we that to that. me is is far yes. more extraordinary than
1: the right. um, conversation
4: than for another time, but I agree who's better, Charles Haley or Warren Sapp? Rank how say you? Who is better? Who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame?
2: I think they both are Hall of Famers. I think they both deserve to be in. I'm not I'm I'm not one of these guys who's like he's a first ballot, I'll put him in eventually. You're either in or you're out. Charles Haley in, Warren Sapp in, Strahan in. These guys, Tim Brown out, yeah, Jerome Bettis out. Chris, it's, cuckoo. it's it's just ridiculous.
4: Handsome Hank, Sapper or Haley? Uh, Haley. I have Handsome. the same thinking as Rank. Both the are all thing. thing. Yeah. Well, there. Yeah. Well, I, I guess. Uh, but yeah. you
5: asked who was a better player.
2: Yeah,
4: that Haley. is what I asked. Haley.
5: Haley made the difference in more games than Sabet. Um.
4: All he was, right. the, yeah. He was the key to that Cowboys run in '92. Who will be better in 2013, the Baltimore Ravens or the San Francisco Forty ers Handsome Hank. I start with you. Um. I think the, uh, it depends what you mean by better. If you're talking about records,
5: something I like can measure, yeah. then I think the Ravens will have a better record. Well, what other but standard
4: that, would I apply?
5: Well, you—you just—in you, fact, you just did apply a different standard for Jerome Bettis. No, I did. You said you weren't going to go on the
4: numbers. I so, said that there's aren't. I said my primary. Uh, resource are my eyeballs right. and my Thank gut, but I much. also see that num- my eyeballs also so, read the
5: numbers. So eyeballs, I'd say the 49ers will be a better team, but they're in a very difficult division. I think the Rams are going to be a lot I better agree, yes. um, next year than they were this time around. Who knows about the Cardinals? I, I'll reserve judgment on that. I think, the, uh, I think the Ravens will have an easier run in their division, and therefore they'll have a better record. Thank and
3: you. And Zeus, how will say you. I think the Niners, especially if Kaepernick continues to pro- progress, will be the best team in the league next year, and I could see them back in the, the big game at the end of the
4: season. And will Kaepernick continue to progress? I believe
3: so. I think he's a stud. And I think the Ravens are a classic team that I could see dropping down to 9-7. and seven.
4: Do you think the Niners win the NFC West next year or the Seahawks or the Rams, who I agree are going to be a very good team next year? I
3: think the Niners are a 12- or 13-win team next year. So, so I think Who's going to win that a, division? That will win the division.
4: Rank, how say you?
2: 49ers will be better. The Ravens? You know, every year John Harbaugh has been the coach. They've reached the playoffs. I feel he'll have the team going. Better off, you know, with Joe Flacco now assuming control of this team. New offensive system with Jim Caldwell. They're going to be back.
4: Is too. rank, is Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh, is either of them the best coach in the NFL?
2: Hard to argue against John Harbaugh right now.
4: I, you know, I was all set to anoint two years in. I was all set to anoint Jim Harbaugh the best coach in the NFL. I mean, he should have been in the Super Bowl in his first year. Gets to the Super Bowl. There. I mean, he still maybe me make that case. I mean, look what he's done. Look at the. I mean, you talk about guts and uh, you know the Alex Smith decision, but really that's a remarkable choice. And John Harbaugh also tip your hat to him too. I mean, that's a Cam Cameron. Everybody could see that before the season and even last season. Cam Cameron should have probably been fired. But John Harbaugh pulls the trigger on that late in the season, and it makes all the difference. If he doesn't do that, obviously the Ravens don't probably uh, do that. I don't even know that they necessarily make the playoffs. Hansus, how say you? Best coach in the NFL right now.
3: You know, John Harbaugh does re- deserve more respect because uh, I feel like he's been in Jim's shadow, and you know, even the last two weeks he was. Uh, but I have to say, if I were starting a team from scratch, and you know. Belichick is older, obviously, and hasn't won in several years now. I would probably go with Jim. I just think he's a winner. You'd go
4: with Jim over Belichick. I agree with that. Yeah,
3: I think he's a winner. I think he has impeccable taste and abilities to develop quarterbacks, which is the most important position. He would be my guy.
4: You know who's not the best coach in the NFL? Well, he's not a coach right now, is uh, Dave Wonstadt. Back in uh, back in in 2005 when he was the Pitt head coach, he decided to start Tyler Palko over Joe Flacco. He also, in uh, a decade before, decided to let Jim Harbaugh walk out the door as the Bears starting quarterback so he could start Eric Kramer. So his track record of grooming QBs, not as good.
3: And that's why he's gone from uh, head coach to a special teams coordinator
4: over – Two or three years. Um Wow, handsome Hank showing me breaking news. Breaking the Jags news. have a new logo. Does this mean <laughs> that they're gonna have new get ups all they're altogether? getting new get ups as well? And the Dolphins might wow, the Dolph- well, we know the Dolphins the are Dolphins getting new. Are as the well. Browns might that would be the most despicable if the Browns change their uniform vastly. I'm gonna be very upset about that. All right. What is should, it? Should we save Super Bowl twenty should we save Super Bowl forty eight? Picks for the next podcast, or should we do them right now? Real quick, rank Super Bowl 48 who will be participating. <laughs> and let's remember that rank's pick for Super Bowl 47 <laughs> included the Chiefs. So take it all with a grain of salt.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't
4: of- think Jerome Bettis belongs in the Hall of Fame. And he thinks that uh, Vegas is better than New Orleans. All those caveats aside, <laughs> speak.
2: Are we still I, I still? I don't know how you could say Vegas with a straight face is better than New Orleans. I'm more of a desert person. I like one is, one
4: is real One's the genuine article one is a one is a is a a, a, a treasure that we all well, should embrace as, <laughs> as something that distinguishes us not just as a but from the rest of the globe what well, you, a place it is it's out in the swamp the people are wonderful they're southern and charming but also it's voodoo and spooky <laughs> and it, it gets uh, foggy all the time and it's when the food can't be beat. And all of it, Vegas is just a bunch of weird cartoon buildings. Right, and they have
2: and they have uh, aliens. So we got that going for us. Mm-hmm. The golf is way better, I would say.
4: All right. I, well, I guess if you're that. a golfer, all right. Uh, fair, p- fair point. But that's a our, narrow
2: group. One of our worst, cas- one of the worst casinos of in all of Vegas is Harris. Like that is the one place <laughs> nobody's ever been. Like, hey, meet me at the Harris. Except. In
4: New Orleans, that's your only casino. But isn't that the argument? Isn't that the very argument that you're like, yeah, that's so, yeah, that's there. That's that's like number eight on my list of things to do because I got so many good things. The music, the people can't be beat. Vegas is a magnet for all the worst elements of every region of this country. All the the negative stereotypes from the Deep South to the Northeast to the frat dudes, they all swarm to that Vegas. New Orleans, these people, oh, they're just del- They're charming and they're polite and they and they embrace you and they're, they ha- they have a they have a joie de vivre that I that I covet and I, I would do anything to have. And instead, I'm a miserable person. And uh, <laughs> and Hansus, how say you?
3: No, I would just rank rank likes to be based or um, appeals to cities that don't have an NFL franchise, so he can support as many teams as
4: possible. <laughs> That helps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Handsome Hank, how say you on this?
5: I, I, I'm fortunate in a way because I can come to you from a very, very open mind. A lot of you guys, obviously, you're stuck with, I was born here, I'm from there. Hmm. I'm not from here, so I can go out on a limb, well, not on a limb at all. I can tell you right now, America, I've traveled you coast to coast. I've spent a lot of time um, investigating your cities. New Orleans, number one.
4: Hands down. I got to put my proper list together, but destination cities. I think I would go – I've never been to Austin, so that's a bad omission to, to that's, not have – Yeah, that's, cause people love that, it there. That's going to hurt you. People love it. But I, of the places I've been, it goes San Francisco, um, Chicago, especially in summertime is great. The best summer city, I would say, is is, is Chicago. Um, New Orleans, obviously, I've spoken about. And number one is Pittsburgh. But, I mean, that's it's right – There it goes. Yep. Pittsburgh. Well, see, that's where
5: that's yeah. I can give a little bit more. I can. It's
4: terrific, though. That place is also terrific, and they've got a long, long off season ahead as that team implodes. But we're not or uh, or loses all these guys. We're not talking about that. The Super Bowl for we didn't get your forty eight pick yet. (laughs) Right? Go ahead.
2: It's going to be the Packers. Okay. What what's the chalk? Ravens. Packers. I'm gonna be like you guys now. I'm just gonna go chop so I can be like, "Hey, hey, listen! I had showing <laughs> Patriots. Patriots uh, you're accusing me That's, of that. Who was your pick? let you that. Pick the Patriots I... and the Packers. There it is. There's my pick. Patriots Packers. Wow, that wasn't such Let's a ba- be
5: uninspired.
4: Dave, Handsome. you remember
5: Super Bowl 19, 49ers, Dolphins? I do. Same game, different result.
4: <laughs> Hanzoos, Zeus. How say you? Don't uh, say the Jets. You'll look even sillier than Handsome Hank just looked. All right, uh,
3: Niners. <laughs> And uh, the Patriots, one the last Patriots. run. Patriots. One last run.
4: We've turned the page as a society from the Patriots <laughs> already. Enough of that. That's old news. The correct answer is the Seattle Seahawks going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. I know I, ma- <laughs> a I made a few.
3: <laughs> I made
4: a few bad picks along the way this year, but that's now in the rearview mirror. I absolutely, positively guarantee you, no matter what happens in free agency, the draft. Injuries in preseason and otherwise. Bengals, Seahawks, <laughs> New Jersey, in two degree temperature. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so we'll do <laughs> another. We'll, we'll do another podcast uh, later in the week. Um, also, we have to get to Handsome Hank, a game worn sweatshirt from Handsome Hank. Um, because it was chilly for for the poor uh, Englishman up in the, yes. the Superdome, Not just so he for had the to poor Englishman. He had to buy a Super Bowl forty seven sweatshirt. We are going to be giving it away to uh, to one lucky listener. Signed. Does it have? So, is it you are going to sign, I will it? sign it?
5: Game one, a g- Game One
3: Super Terrific. Bowl forty seven
5: hoodie. Does Signed. it have
3: handsome Hanks Musk on it?
5: It will oh, have a, it will uh, have a little bit of of my my musk on it. The
3: me. ladies are going to really be
4: bidding. We this have one. to do that. I have a couple of complaints I still have to share from New Orleans. We'll get to those. And uh, we still didn't we, we uh, didn't rank a bar list.
2: Oh yeah, we, we did a bar list. Well, that's us let's do a proper one. We have more time
4: way. for that at, at another time. But right now we are rolling <laughs> on out of the studio, out of Studio Sixty Six. <laughs> here comes Rich Eisen and company. <laughs> here, everybody. <laughs> All right, uh, so we will be back with episode number 130. We I think get, we're going to talk to uh, Ravens uh, Rich linebacker. We just made
2: a pretty bold proclamation, too, about Big Earn being the funniest movie character of all time. Big Earn? Uh, from uh, Kingpin. Oh, that's that is that's Murray. hard to
4: beat. That is very tough to beat. That's certainly Bill Murray's, us, so Bill Murray's greatest role. Bill Murray's greatest role. I will uh, agree with that. All right. So listen, we will uh, we'll get into all that jazz, and I think we are going to be talking to the Ravens linebacker and uh, good guy Brendan Ayan Bendagio on uh, the next episode. Until then, though, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Nextcom.com slash compatibility.